A typical like a drug uh, takes about like 12 years to produce from concept to, to the market. That's, that 12 years is heavily regulated, it's extremely slow bureaucratic processes, tons of paperwork, etc. If you leave this process still doing all those activities, but if you leave this process to a decentralized autonomous organization, for instance, like a DAO organization powered by blockchain and smart contracts, what we are looking in the future is extremely fast and rapid um, implementations of drug uh, releases instead of 12 years of wait time for a cancer um, drug. These days, we can see how a decentralized way to record transactions like blockchain will impact our day-to-day -day lives. But things are moving fast and businesses should adapt to the new times. I guess that the first thing is that enterprises should know is about the basics, like, okay, what's a blockchain? What can we do? The difference between different setups, as we have discussed, like, like using public networks versus some sort of consortium. Uh, what are the trade-offs? At Globant, we help companies around the world reinvent themselves and find their way forward through digital and cognitive transformation. We help them create a way forward. Welcome to season two of Unscripted Tech, a Globant original podcast about the trends that are changing how the technology game is played and about what we do with them. My name is Rebecca Reed, and I'm a content strategist at Globant. Over the next six episodes, we'll be talking about technology trends that are changing the game for companies across all industries. Each episode will feature conversations with Globers from around the world, disruptors, trailblazers, and igniters that will channel innovation and creativity to provide a better understanding of what comes next with each of these tech trends. Let's dive into season two of Unscripted Tech. On today's episode, we'll talk about the impact blockchain will have in the business world. If you've been listening to our show, you know we have already addressed blockchain from a wider angle. Last season, Globin's technical directors, Alvaro Garepe and Avijit Dutta, introduced us to the basics of this technology. Let's rewind for a bit. What I will highlight on, on blockchain, let's before go into details, technical details, it's it's that it's a it's a ledger, no? It's a, it's a way to uh, record transactions in a way that is decentralized. So basically, that that decentralization and having a ledger that can be shared among different organizations and different parties is what makes uh, blockchain real and what makes a, a difference. So uh, it is basically a software-based system which uh, provides a provision of uh, which provides an area of uh, you know uh, trust for different stakeholders that can contribute together um, and they rely on each other through through a shared mechanism go check out that episode from season one if you haven't listened yet today we are going to jump into discussing blockchain from a business perspective given the the events that happened like recently let's say uh, at the beginning of the year with some project projects collapsing this cannot be uh, this is the best moment to build stuff, right? Uh, the hype has been removed. Most of the projects that were just selling uh, something that was uh, uh, valueless, they have been uh, shut down. And even if you if you're not seeing much uh, news about some stuff is because people is really, really busy building stuff. As a software engineer, Alan Verbner used to be the CTO of Addix Labs, a blockchain dev shop that was acquired by Globant in 2021. 
Currently, he is part of the engineering team in the blockchain studio. I think like there's a huge potential here. I could not emphasize enough that organizations should invest in this, uh, at least understand their positioning in the market, and they should stop, I guess, uh, expectation of physical reality should be something that they should be considering. There is a room, uh, obviously, for physical realities in the future, which we cannot deny that. But the, the expectation that I have personally is we should be focusing on this new digital world and how we will be making businesses on that. Iza Gaksu is the CTO for Northern Europe at Globant. He has been part of the company for just a few months, but brings 25 years of experience in different domains, mostly in capital markets and financial services. So to get us started, could we talk about specific concrete projects where blockchain is making business better aside from cryptocurrency? I guess like there's a lot of like hype around blockchain and the reality. So um, what people talk in the market versus what happens in, in, in real world business is slightly different. Uh, it's catching up, but it's still like there's some room for improvement in that sense. There's genuinely because of the cryptocurrencies um, and whole uh, this Web 3.0 concepts, like there's tons of conversations and hyper on blockchain. What we see reality is like the enterprises are slowly adapting. They like majority of all enterprises have already experimented with blockchain in one form or another. And uh, they see the use cases. There's genuine, um, I guess, interest in blockchain. The uh, ecosystem is uh, slightly behind the curve, let's say, like governments, the regulations, uh, how things happen, like what, the way that user experience, customer experience, these aspects are slowly catching. So people are a bit foreign to the idea of blockchain and blockchain-based um, uh, experiences. But that doesn't mean that there is no real project. Uh, I think there's tons of real projects that's in place right now that people are unaware that it is powered by blockchain. So when you think of cross-border payments, for instance, we see a lot of um, interest in the market because the existing ecosystem only provides um, transfer of money through SWIFT network, for instance. And it, it, we all know that that takes like days to like uh, do the settlement versus in a blockchain-based um, a few platforms, you can do this settlement in, in literally uh, in the matter of minutes or seconds. And if you look at like uh, trade finance, for instance, we see a lot of like, commodity being uh, transferred over the wire. But there are companies who are genuinely uh, actually building uh, and they're in operational uh, using blockchain in this sense. Again, shipment tracking, logistics uh, is another one. You could actually trace back a single package uh, from sender all the way to the each stop that they're making, real-time positioning, uh, all the way to the destination. So you can now track that with a blockchain. These are all live projects. They are uh, live right now, like people are using it without um, realizing it's on, uh, powered by blockchain. Before jumping into that, I would like to mention that we have been in this, at least myself, I've been in, into this industry like for more than seven years now, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm old, right? Um, and when we started, we were kind of like speed dating, right? Uh, meeting people that wanted to have like proof of concepts get done in, in a month or two. And what we have uh, been experiencing at least for two years is that we are having meetings with even big companies that are actually moving away from proof of concepts and they are working in uh, like in even more than MVP projects, right? So uh, that's super interesting because 
we have moved away from okay, what's what's blockchains can what can we do to okay, we want to do this, this, and that. Where should we start, right? So that that's super interesting. And in terms of that, there are other two topics or two industries that are approaching quite a lot to us. Uh, the first one is, is related to NFTs in the sense, but NFTs is just a concept like non-fungible tokens. But the idea is that um, there are tons of things that can be done with them in different levels, right? The first one is that the most straightforward ones, besides like art and creating like uh, pictures of a rock on Microsoft Paint and selling those for thousands of dollars, that's the hype. But the NFTs can be super helpful for branding, like just like companies have huge branding names and they want to create activations and engage with their community and create this sort of like even membership or engagement with even with younger people, right? So NFTs are a really, really, really good uh, instrument to capture uh, intellectual property and branding and create this, uh, what they call activations, where they try to look for people and create like new uh, experiences. And those, those experiences are interesting because they are not just about, okay, let's issue an NFT and you collect them, like, Whenever you visit my my store, I will issue an NFT, so then you can you can collect them and then get a discount. But also, the companies are trying to use them and get people into metaverses to provide uh, new experiences. Like, okay, let's try to sell more people, not just at the store, but in a virtual store, and and, and also trying to create sort of these membership experiences where. Okay, uh, you have an NFT, I, I'll get you VIP access to either my store, you get discounts, or you can get access to pre-sales uh, before a- anybody else, right? So that's, that's super interesting. And those NFTs are also related to ownership, which brings the concepts of identity. So these NFTs can be used to, I don't know, issue some kind of like credentials or badge that people can collect and you can not just as a brand that's trying to sell like a, like makeup but also just like in general terms uh you could for example i don't know we have been working with some sport club that was issue issuing nfts to get some funding uh so they can improve their i don't know the stadium or let's suppose a parking lot and they can not just create like these fan tokens where people just collect them for for the sake of collecting them but also they uh, become like um, partners in that commercial relationship where the clubs will uh, will split a little bit of the shares of whatever they are building. Like, for example, if it's a parking lot, like the revenue, they could split a little bit to the token holders, right? So this create new business opportunities where uh, brands can capture some, uh, some uh, revenue where they are not, getting they are not just okay they are not saying we are stopping with this uh business where we're completely switching to another one they are opening new revenue streams right and another uh interesting uh area that we have several projects and it's kind of like appealing at least to me is uh digital identity in general not just the one that you can get based on on on-chain identity like nfts which might have some issues in terms of privacy maybe uh, but also the centralized identity, self-sovereign identity. Uh, we have been working with several projects where that's the cornerstone for their solution, issuing student credentials 
or uh, like, a, like a financial track record so you can get uh, uh, loans and stuff. So th those are two things that are completely unrelated to cryptocurrencies and industries are adopting every day, right? I guess like um, one other observation I can add is at least like what I'm seeing in the market right now. Um, this whole NFT concept, I guess, is is all about ownership. So the, the genuine ownership of um, of a, at this point is a token, but um, that ownership could mean so many different uh, things in the near future, because um, a lot of people are having difficulties understanding the concept of NFT because we are pretty much the last generation that knows what is a world without an internet. Um, but after this generation, everything will be like digital and all about digital experiences. So in a way, this ownership model businesses uh, is for the future. So the brands who are ready for this near future, and I'm not talking far future here, it's not like 25 years from now, we're literally talking three to five years timeline. Um, this new generation, post-millennial people will be using these considerations, these kind of business model every day. Um, and whoever, I guess, uh, becomes more creative, uh, they, they will have bigger market share in this space is very clear to me. When you were saying that, I, I, it just came to my mind. One, uh, there are like two trends which are kind of like business related, maybe, maybe not that specific, like specific to like a revenue business kind of thing. Um, but there are two trends that are uh, super interesting. Um, the um, regenerative finance, which um, it, it, it's kind of like related to finance, but how can we implement sustainability solutions on top of this kind of ownership? Like what if I could buy uh, some piece of physical land and protect it and get ownership or even carbon credits, even though that's a little bit... Uh, I mean, um, uh, controversial. There are some people that claim that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, that, that's super interesting. And also the centralized uh, science. So what if you could use ownership properties, what like the blockchain provide and NFT provide or even tokens provide? What if you could self-fund your science uh, project without requiring to, uh, I don't know. So I, I learned that... Uh, People, whenever they want to get like a new medicine or whatever, what scientists do is they need to publish tons of papers all the time. They can get funds so they can do the experiments that they require to build the, whatever they are willing to build, right? And that's a little bit cumbersome because they spend like 80% of their time just writing papers that might make sense, but they, they turn into like a paper producing machines rather than uh, other things, right? So... What if you could pre-sell somehow the intellectual property rights of what you are going to discover and get funds from the community? Obviously, that, that's like, I don't want to sound like a, this is like super utopic and yeah, it sounds like a little resembles like ICOs in the past, but what if we could use the same mechanisms that maybe failed in the past? Uh, ICO is a bad word nowadays, but use those kind of mechanisms nowadays to get some some stuff that requires some attention, right? So yeah, ownership is super interesting and, and uh, in general terms, right? So blockchains are like one of the best tools to deal with uh, ownership in general terms. Yeah, I really like what you said. Like, I mean, it, the, the removal of the central authority from the scene 
is, is extremely powerful. I mean, when you think from Web 1.0 to Web 2.0, and now we are moving into Web 3.0 considerations, from read-only to read-write and interaction web, to now we're talking about a completely decentralized, there's no central authority like Google, Amazon, etc. cetera. Uh, like we're thinking of a world where like there is a very um, clear ownership and voting right of any action that happens in this new world, new uh, business models. So take, for instance, that pharmaceutical example that you gave. Um, a typical like a drug takes about like 12 years to produce from concept to, to the market. That's, that 12 years is heavily regulated. It's extremely slow bureaucratic processes, tons of paperwork, etc. If you leave this process still doing all those activities, but if you leave this process to a decentralized autonomous organization, for instance, like a DAO organization powered by blockchain and smart contracts, what we are looking in the future is extremely fast and rapid implementations of drug releases. Instead of 12 years of wait time for a cancer um, drug or a, at least like a booster drug, you might be able to actually see that in two years uh, because a lot of things is going to be removing the logistical problems of uh, what we're facing in the organizations today. So it's extremely powerful. I absolutely agree. But like, I guess like this will require um, enterprises to to bring some new skills and competences into the, their organization and not just around like blockchain competence, but there's also like all these like crypto skills that we're going to be needing for, for the future. What are your comments on that, Alan? I mean, I guess if I, I mean, I can talk about blockchain part probably from my perspective, but I'm more interested in the crypto side. Like, do you, do you see like, like uh, new crypto skills will be needed for organizations they have? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so one thing that amazed me most about this, uh, this space is how fast things are moving forward, right? Like in terms of, for example, cryptography, um, we, were, like, we were using crypto that was invented in the 70s and was super cool and it's still powering tons of money and that works and I trust my whole savings on, on that kind of constructions. But during the past, I don't know, 10 years, maybe, there were tons of, ad tons of things that were published related to new ways to approach stuff, like, for example, certain knowledge proofs, right? That's kind of like, at least to me, it's, it's amazing because you, you might seem that, okay, yeah, I don't know when, when they were created, but I guess it was closer to the maybe 90s, uh, 20s. And then now we have... Uh, these contractions that are being used like from Zcash to transfer a value between people like a pr privacy preserving Bitcoin, but also to other protocols. I was reading an, an, another protocol like that you can use nowadays. It's just like download a few libraries and you can use it. So that's, that's the crazy thing where you could, for example, create um, groups and those you can attest votes within those groups and prove that you are a member of that group without revealing yourself, right? And at least to me, that was super complex to achieve. Obviously, I, maybe I don't know the internals. It uses complex math and even the programming language is super complex. But the things are moving so fast that it's, I mean, I, I just can't believe it. But you have more insights is about what you were saying about uh, blockchain skills in general, right? Yeah, like, I think like, again, like based on my interactions with various different organizations from startups to enterprise, um, I guess enterprise is like super slow in terms of adapting these skills. And we see a lot of startups uh, being active in this space. Hence, uh, the, I guess, like um, infamous word of ICO uh, is coming like with, <laughs> without actually like having a validating or 
uh, regulating authority, like people actually use this as a scam tool. But reality is, like um, when you look at the blockchain world, uh, we first of all, like I think, like every organization needs to start building like some security and cryptography um, understanding. And on top of that, things like security by design, privacy by design should be essential for many of these organizations that include startups and that includes enterprises as well. Like another aspect, I guess, is is the whole um, um, technology part, I guess. Like there are a lot of like existing um, blockchains in the world right now, uh, but the, the famous ones are obviously the blockchain uh, from Bitcoin and blockchain from Ethereum. Those are the two famous ones. And we see a lot of, of the applications of Web 3.0 uh, is going to be on Ethereum, uh, at least for the time being. Um, and that means like you need to understand the, how the Ethereum network uh, works. So that will require some, uh, I guess, like a skill set to build within an enterprise. And I guess like one uh, other thing that I see is the whole uh, token part of the story. Like you need to be able to understand uh, how this demand and supply network works. You are on Ethereum uh, because you write a fancy application doesn't mean you solve the world of the problems because the, you need to also create a demand. You need to also create a supply uh, from both ends. And that, that is a whole uh, tokenomics part of the story. So you need to um, have people who are skilled enough to actually build that um, understanding uh, for the market, not just for the enterprise. Um, and obviously, like the, like the stuff that you mentioned around, like the whole the protocol design, building the community, like obviously building a shiny, fancy um, user interfaces, whether through mobile application or uh, through web, uh, because web 3.0 doesn't mean like it's actually erasing web 2.0. We will, we will still interact through the web 2.0 means, uh, but the underlying mechanisms is, um, is changing. Hence, um, like my advice to enterprises is they should be starting maybe small, but they should be really like building these muscles in the organization because it will take some time for enterprise audience to understand this concept. Isa, what was the most challenging topic you had to discuss with traditional corporations? Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny that you asked that actually. Like, I have some really fun conversations um, around the whole concept of smart contract is, um, although on the surface level, people get it. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. It's a piece of software that automatically runs, but people... Uh, don't get that it is actually immutable. So once you have a contract in place, it is time bound, it's uh, it's immutable, it can never be changed. So that part of the understanding, I think, is a bit difficult in the enterprise because for them, if, if it is a data, I should be able to change it whenever I want or I should be able to access it whenever I want kind of um, thinking. And that's how they're building their centralized system to regulate and govern this ecosystem, right? Um, so having that smart contract in place uh, is a bit of a difficult conversation, I must admit. Like sometimes like you're really having like uh, funny stories about it. Um, and second part of the, I guess, like um, difficult discussion is, is whether to use a public blockchain or federated blockchain, because to, to implement both um, will require different parties involved and sometimes the organizational politics um, things like span of control or frozen middle kind of considerations sometimes blocks you to implement these initiatives. Um, I guess like a lot of, of the pilot projects are failing in the enterprise simply because of these reasons. Like you can never engage and integrate the, the pilot solution that you build with the enterprise. So with the mothership. The mothership is having 
um, difficulties grasping these new ways of working, new ways of like uh, thinking in the organizational sense, but also that the business model itself is is difficult for them to like think because. I'll give you an example uh, without naming names and I guess brands. Like, so we have this like a full smart contract uh, implementation for a particular use case. And one thing like the individual uh, stakeholder that we were discussing realized is like this whole thing is going to work fully automated. And therefore there was no need for his role anymore. And that understanding caused enterprise six months delay because the person started fighting for his role uh, without actually focusing on the value that, you know, like a lot of customers could get and benefit from. So, uh, like, every time we propose some idea, like how we can approach this thing, like there was a very, I guess, like a subtle resistance uh, on the surface, but a huge resistance on the background where, well, let me bring this to the upper management and we will discuss and get back to you kind of like uh, attitude. And that caused six months delay of the implementation of the project, uh, which could have been done in two weeks, say. So I think uh, those two, I, I would say, is like the most highlighted topic for me in enterprise. Yeah, and, and sometimes one thing that's super difficult is to sometimes enterprise have like, let's say, the Web through web 2 mindset. So they, they are trying to apply within other, like these new or different tools, what they are doing nowadays, right? And that's not the case. Building like a federated or consortium or whatever it's not easy i mean you you, you need to have like it, it's more related to governance politics rather than the, the implementation like the technical implementation and i must admit that most of the DAOs and everyone is saying that all around is that most of the DAOs don't work right it's they, they are just broken it's it's hard and sometimes you have like two or three founders that are just uh, saying, okay, yeah, that's fine, but we are going to do something different. And whenever you are trying to set up like a private network with different parties, the first question is, okay, who is going to be the party? If it's going to be just you in two different data centers, maybe blockchain is not the best fit for you, right? But that's not for free. Like, okay, let's suppose that you want to avoid that and you want to use like a public network, which is something that I always try to explore then you got with other kind of like issues like, okay, uh, how can I deal with the sensitive information that I'm willing to uh, write on this uh, store, right? And then you need to think of protocols and ways to be able to use a public network with your sen sensitive data. And those challenges are, are complex sometimes, right? Uh, but luckily, the technology and the, the solutions have uh, evolved quite a lot. So you can implement like different you have different alternatives like you have a menu where you can pick from and you don't need to reinvent the wheel uh most of the time right yeah absolutely i guess like um now that i i'm thinking like i guess like from an organizational sense also bringing the right talent is also important so like uh, either you're going to build these skills and competences and muscles in the organization yourself which will require time to uh, acquire or you're going to bring someone uh, as a lateral hire from the market. And sometimes like um, these topics, because of their nature of complexity, I guess, like in a sense, because they are like extremely mathematical in a sense, it requires engineering mindset, etc. So enterprises are unable to justify what who is the right talent. And uh, I guess like Alan, you would agree as well. Like there's a lot of people who just constantly speak buzzwords about these things and then there's like tons of like, I guess, fame around this and you can get credit uh, based on those fames, but like you don't have any expertise. 
And people sometimes hire these people to build their blockchain organizations, and they uh, unfortunately fail because they don't. The, the, the talent required to build this kind of organization uh, is a bit immense in, in a sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and I also must say that obviously, I mean, IT industry is kind of complex in terms of talent, like getting uh, like the best professionals, it's not easy. I mean, the demand is way much higher than, than the amount of people that can work on IT, but also this gets a little bit worse in terms of like blockchain related projects. Although it's super important to mention that blockchains are not just, okay, I can code smart contracts or I'm a cryptographer and I can do some advanced math and stuff. You have like most of the traditional, let's say, profiles that you might have in any other projects also apply to this this kind of these uh, projects, right? For example, I usually make this joke, but blockchains need to be click, right? So you need to create uh, user experiences that are easy to use for maybe even like uh, my, my aunt, right? Newcomers that they don't even know what a, what a wallet is. Actually, the, there is a funny story. Back then, like let's say five or six years ago, we were implementing like a, a, like a real estate solution where people were able to buy pieces of uh, different flats, like uh, like square meters. And we proposed a solution where people had to install MetaMask, which is one of the most widely used um, uh, wallets, but it's not easy to use and it was harder to use. Even if, even though the UI is kind of like the same, it was harder to use because uh, it was unknown back then. And we, we failed on that. We proposed a solution that people like we, we, we sent like this PDF where people had to download and co- create their own wallet. And, and the, the customer was saying, how the hell am I, am I going to make people to use this system if they need to do these whole steps, right? Luckily, we have tons of solutions now. Actually, there are really, really good ones where you can create your first wallet using a social login. You can ramp up and load some tokens like pay with credit card. Obviously, you cannot buy thousands of Ether, but you can just buy small amounts to pay for your transactions. There are architectural patterns where the back office can pay or the server can pay for the transaction costs for the on behalf of the users. But what I'm saying is that you usually need someone that can design uh, user experiences that can engage not just the crypto bros, the, the advanced users, but also the, the, the newcomers. And you, you have the same kind of not issues, but the same kind of challenges on all the different uh, layers of the stack. Obviously, the smart contract is the niche, but you have like the backend, you have like, because most of the time in an ideal world, you won't need a backend, right? You can just interact directly with the blockchain, but that's not the case nowadays, right? Um, So you need backend developers that can interact with blockchains. You need front-end developers. You need really good user experience. So those are uh, super interesting challenges in terms of like uh, finding talent. The good thing is that there are tons of opportunities as well, right? Alan, do you have any recommendations for companies that would like to take part in this blockchain journey? Where should they start? First of all, you have the basics. The, the good thing is that there, there are tons of material now on, on internet that you can just actually, it's not just like reading books, uh, you, you have videos and training material all around. I guess that the first thing is that enterprises should know is about the basics. Like, okay, what's a blockchain? What can we do? The difference between different setups, as we 
have discussed like like using public networks versus some sort of consortium. Uh, what are the trade-offs? Also, some sort of sense of incentives. Maybe that's the more, most generic word I can find, uh, given that English is not my native, my native language, that you, you understand how every actor is going to behave. But usually we are, we are here to help uh, enterprises as well, right, on, 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 on that topic. What do you think, Isa? I guess, like, um, I mean, at least for the last two years, um, the companies that I engage, one thing that is pretty clear, like, I mean, they're trying these attempts in- internally and they're failing to, like, finalize it. The, the same problem that I mentioned, like, like integrating with mothership is quite difficult. I mean, my genuine advice is, like, just get a partner working with you on this initial setup. I mean, you can carry on afterwards, but, like, bring some people external um, it could be consultative nature, it could be advisory nature, doesn't matter, but get someone who knows what they're talking about and help you build that initial organizational part. Because once you have the right talent in the organization, some of these questions will, uh, over time, will be resolved itself because they will design based on the organizational culture, dynamics, and the technological capabilities and competences organization has. All these things would slowly, like uh, all these building blocks will, will just get in their places. But in the absence of those things, like we only see a hype, an organization is attempting to build some blockchain organization or some blockchain solution in something, and they're just failing it because they don't know how to build a market around it. They don't know how to create a business model around it. It's some fancy idea, someone think about it, and an entrepreneur or entrepreneur that they adopt, or they saw in one of the you know conferences that they attend, they try these things and then they fail and they say like, well, I mean, a blockchain is just a you know a random thing. Like it, it will it will end soon, kind of. But reality is we are seeing stronger push in the market now. It's it's not something like uh, something you can ignore anymore. It's becoming a lot more serious, especially with the metaverse now coming into the picture. Uh, we know some strong players are building their metaverses and um, these players are going to be building everything in, uh, I guess, at least the financial side of the story is going to be based on crypto economics, right? Um, whether in the form of NFTs, whether in the form of cryptocurrencies, but we see a lot of big brands. Uh, to be honest, like I, w- I was in a meeting last week on a, on a very strong brand uh, planning to launch their own metaverse. So when, when you when you think of these things, I guess like it's really important for organizations to like get someone who knows what they're talking about to help organization to build these organize um, sub organizations, sub functions in the organization. Because this organizational capability will enable them. And in the absence of that, all you're going to do is just a bunch of tries and, you know, pilot things uh, with a most likelihood of like failing. So is it a good idea for organizations to invest in this field? I think like there's a huge potential here. I could not emphasize enough that organizations should invest in this, uh, at least understand their positioning in the market. And they should stop, I guess, uh, expectation of physical reality should be something that they should be considering. There is a room, uh, obviously, for physical realities in the future, which we cannot deny that. But the the expectation that I have personally is we should be focusing on this new digital world and how we will be making businesses on that. Because it's not that we will be using this. Our kids and their kids will be using this. So we need to prepare a future for them that that have the guidance from us at least given the the events that happened like recently let's say uh, at the beginning of the year with some 
project, projects collapsing. This cannot be, uh, this is the best moment to build stuff, right? The hype has been removed. Most of the projects that were just selling something that was uh, uh, valueless, they have been uh, shut down. And even if you're not seeing much uh, news about some stuff, it's because people is really, really busy building stuff. And it's not I'm saying that because I'm a believer, which, by the way, I am, but also because this has happened in the past, right? We had the, an I, the, the ICO crisis, let's say, in the past, and then that turned into a market to crash or, and be super complex in, in some ways. But that, that moment is when people started to build in the tools that are currently being used, right? So tons of things have been learned, and on every crisis on this kind of cycles that we are experiencing, we are getting closer to something that's more and more established, right? So tons of people are building. We are meeting tons of uh, customers that are willing to explore or even build some really, really cool stuff. So I think this is the right moment to do it. I guess um, genuinely, I, I think this this whole domain is, is extremely, um, um, I guess, immature at the moment so we don't know tons of things we don't know what the future will look like how will we regulate these things etc etc but there's also like the whole um, freedom ownership i guess the control point of the story where uh, currently like um, we don't have those things like uh, we have a fake freedom we have a fake control majority of these things are controlled by centralized organizations um, i'm not going to name but we all know we think we have a particular email address, but we know that like the majority of that data is being collected, uh, went through tons of different AI systems, huge computing power uh, also uh, being possessed by the same organization uh, and modeled through like extremely smart people who are hired by the same organizations. So um, we are living in a world that we don't own our own data right now. We are not in the control of our own data. Um, I think with this decentralization consideration um, through blockchain, or maybe in the future, it's going to be different means um, with different experiences such as metaverse or different business models over NFTs or cryptocurrencies. I, I think there's a huge potential here. We, we should just be like uh, careful building what we're building. But I, I see a huge, like really shining uh, future of, uh, you know, like new ways of thinking at least for the, the people of this planet. And I'm actually quite happy and intrigued and will be closely following up like what's happening in this market. In our first season, we said there was a bigger and better future for blockchain beyond cryptocurrencies. And since then, that affirmation was proved correct. Decentralization and security are two features that make the blockchain increasingly attractive to many different kinds of companies. Businesses are changing at a fast pace and fresh possibilities show up every day. As Alan and Isa said, for small companies or even enterprises, it's not a matter of just adapting to the new times, but making the most of them. Blockchain's impact has filtered into multiple industries, establishing its presence in various aspects of our lives by reinventing how we connect to businesses, people, and solutions. Nevertheless, the future uses of this technology and its unlimited potential will undoubtedly continue to surprise us. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more insights on season two of Unscripted Tech, 
a Globant original podcast where we reflect on developments that will shape our future. To learn more about how we seek reinvention, go to Globant.com and follow our show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time. Thank you.